welcome. Thanks for joining us today. So glad you found time to be part of our online experience. If this is your first time, we want to give a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out and would invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner and just let us know who you are and how we could pray for you. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and say thanks for being part of all that we're doing here. A couple things we want to share with you this week. One, this is Trinity Sunday, and so here in a moment we'll reflect on what that means. I'm not sure you can see behind me on the platform, but we've got three chairs. Uh, that's not to represent the Trinity. Actually, that's because today is also Graduation Sunday. We're excited to have our graduates, uh, Liz Walter and Zeke Taylor and Maya Fowler are going to be sharing here as part of the message what their next steps are as they graduate as part of the class of 2022. And then I want to also let you know, here's an amazing video from our friends at Channel 3 in Cleveland as our friend Harold Myers did celebrate his birthday on Wednesday, 100 years old. And it's amazing how, and I, I'm hoping some of you had an opportunity to be part of this, but I believe the post office was overwhelmed because we actually got a couple letters here at the church that we had to take over. Uh, people sent in care of the church, knowing of Harold's relationship here at Linden Road. But what a just amazing thing, so check out this video. We wrap today with a story we first told you about a couple of weeks back, and I'm sure you're going to remember if you saw it. Harold Myers, 99 years old at the time, and for his 100th birthday, he and his family wanted to see if they could get 100 birthday cards to help him celebrate the milestone. Not a huge ask, but yeah. it would be nice. Well, we, we asked people from around Ohio and around the world, and guess what? Everybody delivered. Our Kiara Cotton was there this afternoon when Harold, whose birthday is today, was surprised with 10,000 cards. Well, uh, I can't imagine that many people having any idea who Harold Myers was <laughs> or is. Well, people certainly do in Richland County and beyond. We introduced you to Harold last month when he and his grandson, Dan, were hoping to receive just 100 birthday cards to help celebrate his milestone year. 1922. What month? June the 8th. So he's getting ready for a big a celebration. And today, on his actual birthday, the cards far exceeded his expectations. Happy birthday. So to get 10,000 cards has just been huge. To see everybody, we got all 50 states. Um, Finland, France, Canada, but it's just really cool to see everybody get behind this. Thank you for your many sacrifices. It is by your actions that today we feel safe and free. Harold was even recognized by Congressman Troy Balderson. I don't feel much like a day over 89. <laughs> and while Harold feels and looks great for his age, he says there's no secret. You've got to be born with it. Have good parents. Long-living parents. The genes have a lot to do with it. As the 100-year-old veteran takes in the sight of his dining room table stacked full of cards, his wife says an old hobby now has new life. Well, he's a great reader. He always goes to the library, but now that's over with because... <laughs> <laughs> As for how he'll read them all, well, he may need a hand or two. I'll take all the help I can get. I put a sign up out here in the yard. It's clear by the amount of cards that Harold received that he has warmed the hearts of so many. And his grandson is happy to share his love for his grandpa with so many others. Like Tom Hanks and stuff being America's dad, so we have America's grandpa. I love it. 
<laughs> Kira, great job with that story. Harold, happy birthday. Seriously. He doesn't look a day over 79. Right? And he Her looks great. Harold, I hope somebody got you a letter opener for your birthday. I mean, <laughs> that is like a great gift for you this year. Certainly. Well done. It is so cool to celebrate this amazing milestone and glad that Harold's got some things ahead of him to keep him busy. He loves to read and I'm sure he'll be blessed by the many cards that he's received. And then just also want you to be in prayer tomorrow on Monday. A team from Linden Road will be serving the people, caring for people. Luncheon that takes place every day here in the community, rain or shine, winter, summer, fall. And it'll be an amazing time for us to take part in that. Grateful for Carolyn Fowler and Linda Sheldon and their volunteers that are pulling together this effort. Pray that as we touch their lives by serving, they'll have a deeper sense of God's love for them. But as I mentioned, this Sunday is Trinity Sunday in the church calendar, and it's on this day that we proclaim the mystery of what our faith is all about, and the reality of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one in three and the three in one. The celebration of Trinity Sunday began among Western Christians in about the 10th century, and it has developed slowly, and it was formally established on the Sunday after Pentecost in uh, 1300. And really what it talks about is the unfathomable mystery. In fact, let me just draw on companion to the Book of Common Worship that says, unlike other festivals in the church's liturgical calendar, Trinity Sunday centers on a doctrine of the church rather than on an event. And it's on this day that we celebrate the unfathomable mystery of God being as a holy trinity. It is a day of adoration and praise of the one and eternal incomprehensible God. Trinity Sunday, if you will, in a sense, synthesizes, pulls together all that we've celebrated over the past months, if you think about it, all of which have centered on God's mighty acts. I mean, think back Christmas and Epiphany, where we celebrate God taking on flesh and moving into the neighborhood and about his dwelling with us in the person of Jesus Christ. And then Easter, we celebrate Jesus Christ's death and his resurrection for us as his people, redeems us. Pentecost, which we celebrated last week, is where we celebrate God coming as the Holy Spirit, where he becomes our sanctifier and our guide and our teacher and our comforter. It really is a fitting transition into what we call the common time, to that part of the year where Sunday by Sunday, we look at the work of God among us as it's unfolded in a more general way. It's the triune God who is the basis for all we do as Christians. It's in the name of this triune God that we're baptized. And as the baptized ones, we bear the name of the triune God in our being. We are of the family of the triune God. We affirm this parentage when we recite the creeds and when we say what we believe. And when we talk about our discipleship, we need to know that it's rooted in the mighty acts of this triune God who is active in redeeming the world. It is the triune God that is the basis of all that we pray. And so we pray to God, the Father, through Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. It's the Trinity that holds a central place in our faith. You see, it's in celebrating Trinity Sunday that we remember that every Lord's Day, every Sunday, is one that's consecrated to the Triune God. On the first day of the week is when God began creation. It was on the first day of the week that God raised Jesus from the grave. It was on the first day of the week that the Holy Spirit descended on the newly born church. And so when we think about what Sunday is, Sunday for us as Christ followers is special. In fact, every Sunday is special. In fact, every Sunday is a day of the Holy Trinity.
So I want you to think back with me about the 2008 Beijing Summer Olympics. I want you to remember, if you can, that that day when uh, Michael Phelps uh, took eight swimming gold medals. Or maybe you'll remember Usain Bolt running away with the track and field headlines by, by shattering the 100 and 200 meter world records. It was amazing to watch him. It almost looked like he was jogging to the wind, right? And then there's a third crazy story from those Olympics when I'm going to guess not many of us remember. It was in the men's and the women's 4x100 relay. The U.S. had dominated this event through many years. Both teams were favored to bring home the gold again. But for the first time in the history of modern Olympics, both teams did not even make the finals. Why? It was a simple reason. They dropped the baton on exchanges in the preliminary heats. And so in our series, Witness, Come and See and Then Go and Tell about all that Jesus has done, it seems like one of the things that we need to talk about is the good baton passes that takes place in our spiritual lives. And today we'll mark that in a very practical way as we talk about our high school graduates. It, if you think about it, is a major transition moment. And in a lot of ways, it basically marks the end of one leg of the race and the beginning of another for our students. It also marks a significant moment of empowerment, if you will. Reaching the age of 18 and graduations from high school both mark major moves into adulthood. In the months that follow graduation, it's about moving to college or moving to the workforce, and they're both transitional movements that are marked by this idea of being independent. Or maybe to put it another way, we are in the season of passing the baton to our kids saying, go for it. This looks like a lot of what's happening in First and Second Timothy between the Apostle Paul and his protege, young Timothy. In First and Second Timothy, they're in the back part of the New Testament, we find these letters that are from an elder Paul to a young Timothy. And in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2, we see this idea of a relay race language. So look here. Paul says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, teach these truths to other trustworthy people, and you will be able to pass them on to others. I'm wondering if you see here uh, the relay race talk. I mean, follow again here as we look at this. Paul says, you have heard me teach things. And so the first leg is Paul is running and he begins passing the baton by teaching to the second leg, Timothy, who is now running alongside him also. And he says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. And then the third leg of the race is Timothy is called to pass the baton on to trustworthy people who he says will be able to pass them on to others. And then the fourth leg is this, those trustworthy people then pass the baton on to others. I love this image that's created here in scripture. It's at the core of what church should be, what church should be all about. It's especially when we think about our children's ministry and our youth ministry. Although in this current season, with, because of COVID, we still have yet to really get back to what was taking place before COVID, but still we can see how our children have been impacted, these young adults that you're going to meet here in just a moment. It's our desire to come alongside parents to help them move past uh, something that's called religion into what we want to call authentic relationship with Jesus. We want to see them carry that relationship beyond the walls of this building and to share it with others. 
When I've seen this happen, it's a very beautiful thing. On the other hand, I've seen far too many bad handoffs where we've dropped the batons throughout the years. So I really like this idea of passing the baton because I think it goes far beyond what we want to do here in the building. It's actually all about families. It's about parents and grandparents. It's about the things that take place in the small groups or in those that would serve as volunteers in our ministry. But it's even beyond that. It's about bosses and teachers. And it's even beyond that. It's for any believer in Jesus who wants to live out his call on, on our lives. So let me ask you this question. How do we make sure that 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 works right? Well, let's unpack that here. This may sound kind of weird, but I think we can look at some things that will offer us a great lesson on the, how to do a good spiritual handoff from the rules that govern the track and field relay races. It was interesting to look at these. Here are three rules that I've taken out of the United States Track and Field Relay rule book, and we're going to see what we can learn from them to create what I want to see as a 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 style handoff. Rule 25 says this, The baton shall be a smooth, hollow, circular tube made of wood, metal, or other rigid material in one piece. Its length shall be between 28 and 30 centimeters. Its circumference shall be 12 to 13 centimeters, and it shall weigh not less than 50 grams. No material or substance may be applied to the baton. So here's the first big thought I've got. It has to be the right baton. And the question really is, what is our baton? Well, it's pretty simple. It's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the thing we've been talking about in this particular series on witness. It's about offering the truth of what Jesus offers as we come and see him and we get to go and tell. When it comes to investing in others, we can get focused on a lot of things that may be good things, but they aren't necessarily the right things. And for our children, for our kids, it's things like good behavior and strong grades and athletic success and scholarships. Into adulthood, it's things like good behavior and job promotions and financial gain and good standing in the community. And if you will, I think a big takeaway is that sometimes we get so focused on the good things that we lose sight of the God things. Let me say that again. Sometimes we get so focused on the good things that we lose sight of the God things. And when we think about this, I mean, the question is, can we be a church who is committed to investing in the truth of Jesus Christ's saving grace through his death and resurrection, through the freedom and power that comes from walking a life surrendered to the Spirit? And can we call others to invite into that journey along with us? And then rule two says, each takeover zone shall be 20 meters long, of which the scratch line is the center. The zones shall start and finish at the edges of the zone lines nearest the start line in the running direction. As we begin with the first thought that it's got to be the right baton, we also have to know, too, that the space to pass the baton is limited. So if you're confused by what this rule is saying, you can see here on this diagram, there are lines in each lane that are marked as the takeover zone. This area marks the spot where the incoming runner has to get the baton into the hands of the next runner. And if you fail to do so, the race is over for you and for your team. So that's where we lean into this idea, if I may, to specifically to parents. Uh, let's talk about time management. Let's talk about priorities. As I have interacted with parents during this season of graduation over the years, I, I will regularly hear this statement, they grow up so fast. That is so true, right? 
there is a date coming where they are going to head out on their own and you need to make the most of the time you have with them. So let me challenge us to think about this for a moment. There may be nothing more spiritually valuable to our kids' lives than your presence while they are present. I want to be clear here. I'm not saying the window for your kids or for anyone else's lives, for that matter, responding to Jesus has an age limit on it. That's not what I'm trying to get you to see. What I am trying to get us to see is that we never want to forget that the thief next to Jesus on the cross found eternity with Jesus near his last breath. What I am saying, though, is this, that there is a window where you have the most time, the opportunity, and the influence to have impact on your kids. In fact, I say this all the time with parents, particularly the ones that I'm working with that are in what we would call an at-risk group. As parents are trying to figure out how to raise their children today, they forget that they're the biggest influencers in their child's life. So are the grandparents. That's why the family is so important. And at the same time, I don't want to just limit this to kids. I think it includes most of the opportunity that we have for all of us to invest in other people. Because what I want you to see is that God regularly brings people across our paths for a season where we can, as Paul says in Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity. Let's look at this third rule that we're going to consider. Rule number 12. It says, the baton shall be carried by hand throughout the race. If dropped, it shall be recovered by the athlete who dropped it. He, she may leave the assigned lane to retrieve the baton, provided no other runner is impeded, and provided that by doing so, the distance to be covered is not lessened. That leads us to our third and final thought today. A dropped baton is not the end of the race. This rule, I think, is amazing when you look at it. I always thought a dropped baton meant that people were disqualified. No, what it says is this rule makes it really clear that the race is not over as long as, there's a couple conditions here, one, the one who initially dropped the baton picks it back up, two, the runner doesn't obstruct the race of the other runners, and three, they don't cut the distance of the race short as they grab the baton. What does this have to do with spiritual transitions? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, right? It has a lot to do with it. In fact, there's a lot of research. There's a lot of books and blog posts and videos out there that are telling us that the faith that our children have had, by the time they get to college, they abandon it. Uh, here's just a few examples. Statistics. According to the Gallup folks or the Barna folks, anywhere between 40 to 60% of graduates who are involved in a youth group will fail to stick to their faith during their college years. Or there's all sorts of books out like one of them is, You Lost Me, Why Young Christians Are Leaving Church and Rethinking Faith. Or there's a number of blog posts, and I'll put a link to one here in the worship notes, Millennials Leaving the Church in Droves, study says. And I do think it's a legitimate concern, and it should be a personal concern for all of us, if you love Jesus and you love his church. Because what's happening is that students are either dropping the baton in their postgraduate years, or something is going wrong with the baton pass. There's been a lot of response to the research, and it's focusing on what they call the blame game. They'll say it's the youth group fault. There's nothing at the church for the students. All they're doing is playing games and eating pizza. Or some will say it's the parents' fault. They're failing in their responsibility to be the spiritual leaders of their kids. Or some will say it's the older church's fault. They're irrelevant and hypocritical to the point younger generation wants nothing to do with them. I have to be honest, it's frustrating. Now, I don't think Linden Road has been that kind of church. I think we have attempted in so many different ways to connect with our youth, to show them that we value them. 
So don't get me wrong. I think there is plenty of blame to go around, and there's still some things we need to figure out. I do think we can get in our minds a mental picture of a group of people staring at a drop baton and discussing how it happened and whose fault it is while the race continues on. It's interesting with the USTF rules, there is no issue with who is at fault with the baton being dropped. That's not the issue. The key for them is that the baton simply gets picked back up and the race continues. Now, with a spiritual understanding, it is the same thing. What if we would stop talking about the baton that's been dropped and start walking towards that baton? I mean, think about it for this moment. If you're watching this and you've fumbled the baton as you've tried to pass it on, maybe it was through hypocritical living or maybe it was through neglect. Whatever it might be, pick it back up and focus on passing it on to others. Maybe you received the baton and you dropped it. Maybe you turned your back on God, or maybe you were caught up in your own selfish desire, or maybe it's been a slow drop through apathy and distraction. And I think especially in this season, I talked to so many people, people of great faith who the church was so key to their life before COVID, that in this season after COVID, there's just all this uncertainty. Whatever the case may be, you got to pick it back up and you got to get back in the race. So thinking about those of us that might be carrying the baton into the takeover lane, the parent with the teenager or the teacher or the coach or the boss or the coworker who has a Timothy in their life, or maybe it's the one who has been walking with Jesus for years, but you have never considered how to invest in others. That's why we're talking about this witness series, that if we've experienced the living Christ, if we've experienced Jesus in a real way, as we've come and seen what he's done, we have to go and tell others about the hope that lies within us. There's a world waiting for that. It is a who and a how time. Who are you going to pass the baton to and how will you plan to do it? For us today, I want you to hear from three of our students, three amazing young people who have graduated this year, who are leaning into this next chapter of their lives. Our three students that have graduated this year are Maya Fowler, Zeke Taylor, and Liz Walter. And I've asked each of them to share just some simple answers to some questions that I posed to them so that you can get a deeper sense of who they are. Maya Fowler and I'm a 2022 graduate from Cypress High School. And my name is Ezekiel Taylor. I'm a 2022 graduate of Cypress High. Hi, I'm Liz Walter, graduate of the class 2022. Probably my parents as a whole. Um, not only the things they say to me, but the things they've done that encourage me to do better for myself. Um, my mom. My influence would be my uncle and my mom. Mm, probably meeting Zeke. <laughs> yeah, I'm meeting Maya. <laughs> Playing soccer with different teams, um, feeling like another family outside of my actual family. world hunger, but that's a big dream. That was the hard question. 
Solving world hunger. I mean, I'm already starting little, like in town, giving away my food that I don't eat, my excess food, or even buying extra food for people down, like you know, the Dropbox. Yeah, do that a lot. Um, to probably just like pure them curable because it kind of just sucked having to go through that with my dad, you know. <laughs> right. That's a big dream, but. Um, I thought about this one, but I would still say probably nobody else because if I chose someone else who had all these accomplishments, then that's not something else that I earned. I feel like you make yourself who you are, and I wouldn't want to be anyone else. I couldn't find anyone else who I wanted to be. <laughs> like, more like Jesus, but <laughs> you know that's what I mean? <laughs> I want to be myself. <laughs> the person I would want to be is my Uncle Bo because he can do it all. Anything someone asks him, he could do. So that's how I want to be eventually. I feel like it's like my connections with God rather than like the scriptures themselves, if that makes sense. Like I still pray to him anytime anything good or bad happens, but I don't have like a specific scripture that I go back to. It was legit like when you don't know something, you lean to God. I picked Psalms 136 verse 26. Give thanks to the give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. I'd have to say this Harry Potter book, it was really long. It took forever to read. The hardness in it was just how long it was. It was The Hunger Game books are like this thick. There's like three of them or four of them. I don't know, but those were pretty hard. When you get into like the series, you know, like you could either watch the movie or the book, but like sometimes like the book is more fun to read because you can like imagine, you know, like the own pictures in your head. Like if they say something like, oh, he did this, you know, they can show in the movie show it in the movie a whole different way than you can imagine it. Um, to mm. coexist with one another. Right, and just get to get along. Be happy with one another. We're all people. It goes by fast and uh, just take it all in instead of trying to push through it. Don't let people mistake your kindness for weakness. I would have to say go with your gut feeling with everything. Probably pick better people to surround myself with, for sure somehow finish earlier than what I did. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I guess just make more friends. Could have made like way more friends than what I did.
I like this one. Okay. <laughs> uh, to be a physical therapist and own my own gym so that I can be my own boss and run it all together. Hopefully owning my own business and having my own house that I can call mine. Either landscaping or like a tiling company. Okay, well, this, like, coming here, I'm taking off till, like, I guess I'm 18. Well, or just to have, like, a year off school. And then um, I'm deciding if, like, I want to go to school. Probably continuing um, streaming on Twitch and being with Zeke. <laughs> and believing in Zeke and believing in us. Twitch is a platform where you can stream your favorite video games to a live audience and they can support you and you can build a community and talk to them and it's just a really fun time. All of it. Uh, it gives you somewhere to worship that feels like home, like everyone feels like a family over the years and has helped me through a lot and I have people I can go to. When it feels like I have no one else or if it feels like um, just like I just know that the church is there at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like it's nice to know if like you have people there for you at the end of the day. Even if you don't talk to them every day, or, even, or only on Sundays, um, it's nice to know that people are they're supporting you, and it's it's a crowd full of people that like love you instead of just want to like envy you or anything. I would have to say the best part about Linden Presbyterian is that they want to help their community actually better them, and not like you know where the offering's going with them. They always tell you that it's going to this, going to that, going to that. Like, I love that part about this church. <laughs> I'm Liz Walter, and I'm a graduate of the class of 2022. My name is Maya Fowler, and I'm a 2022 graduate from Cypress High School. And my name is Ezekiel Taylor. I'm a 2022 graduate of Cypress High. You can see that these three young people are amazing in their own right, who are leaning into what God has for them. And I want to encourage you to pray for them as they begin this next chapter, as they lean into what God is going to do in and through them to impact the world. As you look at this picture here of the three of them, I want you to think about that we're in the exchange lane and it's time for us to hand off to them. And literally, we're going to pass the baton to them. As we gather here in the building a little bit later today, I'm going to ask these three young people, Zeke, Maya, and Liz, to come forward to demonstrate the fact that we are going to literally pass the baton to you. We're going to give them this baton, and the whole point of it is to encourage them to take it with them wherever they go, to remind them, first of all, that we love them, that they will love each one of them, and that we are praying for them on a daily basis and that we hope that they're taking up 
their leg of the race, leaning in for what God has for them. One of the things we'll do too here in the building later this morning is we will, because scripture points this out, we will invite family members and the rest of the church to gather around these young people and to pray for them by laying on of hands. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So we're going to commission these young people. We're going to pray a prayer of commissioning over them so that as they run this next leg of the race, they can do it well with God's blessing. And so let's pray. Father, we do lift up Maya Fowler and Liz Walter and Zeke Taylor to you. We thank you for who they are and what you've given them and the the journey they've been on thus far, and we celebrate the good work they've done of graduating from high school. But now we just pray for each step they take forward as they lean into the race that they need to run, as we give them this baton, as a Ebenezer to remind them of our love for them, but more importantly of the fact that you're there for them too. And so we just pray your Holy Spirit to guide each step and equip them to be all that you desire for them, to go and be a witness for the world. We pray it in your strong name, Jesus. Amen.